Welcome to the Tabor and Bethel podcast with your host, Michael Tucker. This is the place where we put the word of God in everyday conversation and build a community of strong believers. Now, let's jump into today's message. Good morning, afternoon, and a lovely good night to you. Guys, welcome back to the show. I hope you guys had an awesome week. I hope that you enjoyed it, loved it, embraced every single minute of life. So on today's episode, we're going to do a part two of what we discussed last week, jumping off the cliff. Uh, This will be part two. And we're just going to ask some additional questions, if you will, to get everybody acclimated to jumping off some cliffs. So we'll take a quick break. And we'll be right back to jump into it. All right, guys, we are back live and indirect. So I got the usual suspects with me. I got Kenneth to my left. Yo, yo. I got Cortez calling in. How's it going? Yeah, hey, it's good. It's a little hot. Probably not as hot as where you are. No, sir. It is 103 degrees in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, I'm going to let you keep all of that 103 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little too hot for me. Yeah, all fun. No humidity. I think humidity, but not like see, like Atlanta. See, I bake in that kind of weather. You know, like in Atlanta, it just... I don't know. It makes me feel better, but that weather you got just it bakes my skin. You're like raisin in the sun out right. there, bro. <laughs> and, that, and that weather that you have makes you lose your deodorant a lot. <laughs> you just got to use enough. That's it. Just make sure you all nice and good. <laughs> okay. Hey, that's what I'm saying. So, I guess since we talked last week. I feel like I have been on the go, on the move for everything from different ventures I'm planning out, uh, trying to get this episode situated, trying to get the next episode situated. I feel like I've been running raggedy. You know what I mean? You ever just, you work so hard that you just want to take a break, but there's no break in sight? It happens. I I wish I could take a break right now, but I know it's not that time to take a break. But I don't know. Taking a break, do you do you think it's worth it? Like just having a rest day? Definitely at the right time. You know, the Lord worked six days and rested on the seventh. So there's got to be time for rest. But again, he he worked six days, not five, not three or four. He worked for six days. So even when you're not getting paid, you still got to be working, doing something. So it it's hard out here, man. It is. You got to work. You got to pay bills. You got to get to it. It's hard. I guess not being able to take like a lot of rest days if you want them, you know? Right. But I mean, if you work hard, you can rest hard, too. You know, my father, he he does a lot of he drives buses for um, Miami-Dade County. So okay. he'll work a year and a half just straight, just over time and just kill it. And then he'll take a month off and it's time for him to go on break. <laughs> so like when he breaks, he breaks hard. I know? don't blame him. I'll I'll do the same thing. But it, I guess that comes to my first question. It's just, 
when you actually, when you're thinking about stepping out on faith, and somebody asked this on Instagram, how do you know when it's time to jump? Like, how do you know when it's that first, this is your first opportunity to use faith. How do you know if it's the right time? How do you know if it's right now? Like, how do, how do you guys think that this is the right time? Um, when the Lord leads you to an open door, um, he often confirms his will for your life with two or three witnesses, in my opinion, in my experience. So sometimes that witness can come in the form of a, a fellow brother or sister that may impart a word in you that you've been dealing with yourself, that you've been meditating on and that you feel like God is speaking to you through. They might come to you and talk to you about something completely unrelative to what you're saying, but they may bring up the same scripture reference. Sometimes it could be a sermon. Sometimes it can be, you know, in your own studying that something comes about. The, the one way for you to confirm that it's definitely a word from the Lord is if that word aligns with his word. So if it's in alignment with his word and it's not contrary to it and it's not, you know, going against what the Lord says, then you can believe that it's him speaking, you know. So um, that's definitely a way for you to know that this is the time to jump because when, whenever God is working on something with you and he brings that opportunity to your door and you've been working on it and then uh, it, it presents itself, then you know at that moment, you know, there's nothing else for me to do but to jump and go. Okay. One of the ways, um, in my, in my, my, you know, years of experience of jumping, I should say, um, is that, um, is that you have to respond and you have to respond to the responsibility of what was put before you. In other words, we have a responsibility to jump out to something that's been presented as they call an open door or opportunity. And I think the problem is, 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 uh, is when we don't respond accordingly. Okay. And everybody's, uh, everybody's door of, of opportunity is different. So, and, and I think it's based upon, you know, we have a responsibility to respond, and then we also, that responsibility is based upon your hunger level. Mm. Um, i give you a great example. Um, Daisy, Daisy, um, you know, they don't really know how to talk yet. Um, many of them have to be taught how to articulate when they're hungry. So their hunger is based upon their cry. Babies only cry for two reasons, discomfort and hunger. So when they cry out, they're looking for opportunities so they can satisfy their, um, you know, their hunger. And we have the responsibility so we can fulfill that, that hunger. So if, if you're talking about God Almighty, God of the universe, everybody has their own rendition of who God is to them. If, if, if you're talking about on a, on a universal platform, um, we still have a call and a response. You know, it's the same thing. And so um, I think that um, when it's prompting you to go ahead and make these moves, so you can go ahead and jump out there. You can jump in your car, jump out of the shower, you can jump in whatever that means to move forward in that direction. Then uh, that's a responsibility of that call. If not, then it's really a disrespectful thing to ponder and wait and, and contemplate and doubt. And that's that whole gray area where a lot of us, and I said us because I still make the same mistake too, uh, make, make the mistake and miss the opportunities that we've been waiting for or it's been promised to us for so long or because for some of us it's been a week 
I've seen people, um, you know, opportunity open up for and, um, you know, they say, hey, get back with me as soon as you can. Well, based upon as soon as you can is just based upon that person. That as soon as you can or as soon as possible, um, maybe that same night. Hey, I'm going to jump on this situation right now because I have bills to pay. You know, right. and that's a response to, you know, have a responsibility to jump on it because I understand about, I understand how closed doors operate too. And some of us, you know, we don't look at our household responsibilities or the needs of that. You know, we look at all these other official stuff. And so when the door closed, God teaches you to be like, hey, it's not because I didn't open up the door. You didn't respond, you know, your responsibility isn't being urgent enough. So your hunger level is not hungry enough. Kids don't wait like that. Children don't wait like that. Adults um, get wounded over the years and have to contemplate the side. But as a lot to do with our hunger level, how hungry are you to respond to that jump? And then you'll go ahead and be like, all right, now I need to put this to go with it, but it's not because I'm following anything. Right. I, li- I like that because you have to have a hunger to actually put it into action to fulfill that hunger. I guess if you understand where I'm going, if if you got to be hungry enough to make a decision to actually put it into action to solve the hunger, you know, if you will, you actually got to be on your P's and Q's. And what I like about how do I know when it's time to jump? I, I, I actually, I like to have kid-like faith. And I said it last week. If Jesus said I can do it, then I do it. Point blank, period. And I'm like, a, I'm a pest. Like, I'm a pest for real, for real. If if God shows me a dream or something and he says I can have it, I'll keep working till I get to that dream. Now, he may show me dream at completed level and I'm just now getting off the ground. But in my mind... I'm already working on the finished product. You know what I mean? I'll approach it with that type of it needs this much care. It needs this much attention. And I got to put in the work. You know what I mean? Like, I like the hunger comparison because usually when we talk about faith, you know, we do give the definition. But there there has to be a hunger for you to do something, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, even I, I like the example with kids, and that brings me to my next point. Like, how much faith do you need? Like, how much do you need to actually do something? Like, what is – is there a magic I need 4% faith and 96% action? Is there an equation or is there just a straight, flat out, you just got to have it? Well, no doubt. In, in everything that we do, in every every aspect of life, there's a, a level of faith required to participate in anything. Right. You know, um, especially when we're talking about our faith in the Lord and, and things that he's called us to, whatever purpose that may be. Um, but as far as knowing how much faith you have, that could be answered based upon your level of response okay. to whatever it is that you're having faith for. So, again, when that opportunity presents itself, how willing are you to jump? How willing are you, even even if it doesn't make sense to you, right? Because we're not God. We don't, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Sometimes we think of, um, you know, whatever situation that we're believing for and we want to see the blueprint all the way through. We want to have all the schematics of how it's going to get done. And a lot of times God doesn't work like that. He'll give us a little piece of it and he'll tell us to go. 
And what I've learned is that when he's called us to do something, he's responsible for finishing it. He's the author and finisher of our faith. So if he's given us the faith, given us a license to go, all we got to worry about is going through the door that's in front of us, staying in his word, staying in his, in his spirit, in his will, and hearing his voice when he speaks to give us direction. Don't lean on your own understanding because oftentimes if we start leaning on our own understanding, we'll start getting in the way of whatever it is that God is doing for us because we think that we need, you know, God said it, right? Look at Abraham. God said I would have a son. He said I would have a seed. You know, I've been sonless all the years of my life, and God promised me that he's going to have, he's going to give me a son. And he stepped in the way of that and had Ishmael when Ishmael wasn't the promised seed. He wasn't the one that God was referring to because he was anxious and he he desired to see that fulfillment of what God said, the promise that God wanted. Right. But that wasn't God's way. God said that he would promise, he, he promised him a seed and that he would deliver his seed. Right. So a lot of times whenever we have faith for a thing, we have to know and trust and believe that one, we know that we're faithful to whatever it is God has called us to when we're willing to go. And if we're not willing to go, that's an opportunity to recognize our faithlessness and address it. Because a lot of times we don't realize how much faith we have or the lack thereof because we're unwilling to face the person in the mirror and say, okay, this opportunity I blew because I didn't trust God or I didn't believe, I didn't believe enough that this was a God opportunity. So I think, you know, every opportunity that we have measures our faith and we can measure it depending on our response and how willing we are to go, how willing we are to do, how willing we are to correlate our actions in, in response to whatever we were believing for. Right. I think when it comes to the amount of faith that we need, I, I get scripturally wise, you only need a mustard seed to do anything. And I think, now, think from the people that I've talked to over the years, they believe that they need a mountain type of faith to move a mountain, but they only need a mustard seed to move a mountain. <laughs> you know, and it, they, they think they got to have this great feat under their belt to do something amazing. And I used to think that way. I used to think that I need 95% faith and 5% action. In actuality, you're right. It is the complete inverse of it because I have seen what God can do with a little bit. And he can turn it around and give you something amazing. But yet we are trying to do something so big with something bigger than what we're even capable of having at that moment because we haven't put in the work on something small. Right. And it, I guess how much faith do you need? What are you trying to do? And you, you, you need faith period. And you just got to see it through. You know, you know, Michael, um, when you were saying that, and you know, brother Kenneth was saying that, Here's what um, I believe. I believe that uh, as a people, as, as, as humankind, I believe that we lose sight and we forget that God knows us very, very well. True. Like, very, very well. Like, he knows us so, so well 
that he knows how much faith that he has put in us already for what he wants us to do. And a lot of times, it's not even so much as how much faith we need. We just, he just needs to know how you willing to do it. And will you do it? Those two components. True. Okay. Because if you present something in front of you and you know, I put the faith in you already, did you think you need more? As you were just saying about, you know, um, maybe you need some mountain faith, you know. Or as the Bible says about, you know, if you have faith as the size of a mustard seed, which is in the, in the book of Mark, the faith is the size of a mustard seed. Well, a lot of us have enough faith like that. But we're a willingness issue. Are you willing to do what it takes with the faith that you have to you to accomplish that? And that's what, that, that's that whole concept. When you say, oh, man, God just blew my mind. Well, he didn't blew your mind for what was already in you. You just didn't believe it was in you. You don't think you had enough faith in you because you didn't activate or exercise what, what he asked you to do because you had to fear, fear talked you out of it. You start having all these other issues as Moses was saying, God, I hear what he's teaching you, but I have a stuttering issue. And God was like, I knew that already about you. I'm just trying to get you to the point that you can believe on me to get you the courage that you already have in you, but you have more of a disbelief issue, an unbelief. So if you can believe that what I'm saying about you because I've been knowing you before you was even born, to get this stuff accomplished, you'll recognize that you have more faith than what you even realize. So how would you realize it until you go in and do it? So go ahead and put the application in, listening audience. Go ahead and uh, sign up to be a coach right and fill it out. Go ahead and go on Craigslist and just put your advertising out there and see what happens. That's stepping out on faith, jumping out there. But if, you, but if you're trying to measure based upon how big or how much, how much money do I need to have, and they call your faith money, that's not going to ever work. Because it's going to always be beyond finance the resource. Where God might have another way he's going to uh, fund it or finance it. I just want to know, are you willing to do it this year? And you know, keep putting it off next year due to your unbelief. Because are you willing to do it with the faith that you don't even know that you have already? How would you know it? And she's going to jump out there. So That's just that's so, been my um, um, belief. Right. You know, people are always ready for whatever it is you need to be doing, but, um, but, but your fear or your stubbornness or your overthinking or, you know, your, or your arrogance or whatever it is is blocking you from getting what you're supposed to ask God the entire time. So I want to I want to ask you something, what you said. So is the problem having faith or is the problem being willing to do what is required of us? Because look, before we even read the scripture, before we even go to church, by the time we get to church or hear from another believer or read it for ourselves, it's going to tell you what's already been existed already. True. So now we have to, now we have to uh, uh, process in our mind, okay, should I believe and bite this belief system that they feed in me, that, that God is telling me, or I had to dream about, or what I've been reading for years? Now, you know, and, and then what happens after you get to process and all of that, you come back to the same answer. The answer is still yes. You got what it takes. Now, can you go ahead and go ahead and go ahead and just activate yourself, activate the faith that you already have, and put will to it, which is your faith. Go ahead and do it. I so, that. So, so it's, it's, um, it's, like the, it's like the robot that doesn't have the batteries yet. It will work when you put the batteries in there. This is why whenever you buy a toilet, it's a hey, um, the battery, the batteries is not included. The battery is activated. 
But with us, we're not robots. The right. batteries are already included. <laughs> I, the batteries are already included, and in we're not robots. So God is like, turn on your switch and watch you operate for what you were designed to do in the first place. And some of us, it takes 50 years, some of us, it takes 90 years to believe that God is going to give us a child and it's going to be um, Isaac, and my name is going to be changed to Abraham. But no, for a long time, it didn't look like I was going to have a child. It took some faith to believe what God spoke. It don't matter what age you are, you like. True. So I guess my next point, I got faith. I'm willing to do it. I step out. Everything ain't smooth. And I start to hit a little bumpy road. For case and example, I opened up a store. God said that the store is going to be successful. And I opened up on day one. I got a nice crowd and I pull in $5,000. Well, week two, I pull in $4,500. Week three, I put in $2,500. Week four, I only made $30. But God showed that the store is a success. I've stepped out. I started walking. How do I deal with the frustrations of having faith and have stepped out on faith? How do you encourage someone if they are dealing with the frustrations of acting on what they were shown? I believe that God's timing is perfect. And if he's called you to it, he'll find a way for you to get through it. Like he doesn't have to find it. He already prepared a way for you to go through it. Uh, Proverbs sixteen nine says that a man's heart devises ways, uh, devises his own ways, but the Lord directs his steps. So you know, if you keep the Lord before you, and you acknowledge Him in all your ways, He'll make those paths straight for you. So even when it's getting, you know, when you're dealing with frustration, as far as I'm responding to my faith, I'm actually doing what it is that God's called me to. But now I hit a bump in the road, or now my faith is being questioned. Like John, John the Baptist in the prison. Right. He did what God called him to do. He prepared the way for the Messiah and Jesus is preaching the kingdom. And now he finds himself in prison and he even sent his disciples to the Lord to ask, hey, are you the one that we should that we're waiting for? Is there another? And what it wasn't that John didn't believe that he was the Messiah. He just looked at himself in the equation and say, hey, man, I did everything God asked of me. Why am I in prison? Why am I sitting here? You know, your kingdom was to come and it, it, is, it is come, but why am I sitting in this prison? Sometimes we'll we'll hit roadblocks that we weren't prepared for or we didn't know beforehand was a part of our story for God's glory. Um, and it's funny because the answer, John's answer he had given previously before he ended up in prison, which was he must increase and I must decrease. Right. right. When it's all about the Lord and it's all about what he's doing, he's the one that gets glory out of all the situation. And when it comes to faith and believing that he's directing our way, we have to stay fast and, you know, st- steadfast and, and, and stand on what it is that he's given us, regardless of what we see. We don't want to be dismayed by the wind or the waves or social media, naysayers, haters, people that, you know, uh, want to call you out or think they're calling you out and talking down on you. You know, whatever God has given you, you stand on it. So, um a word that I would give to anybody that's in that kind of situation where your faith has put you in a place where you're kind of questioning it, but you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, God has called you to it. Uh, Ephesians six thirteen through 18 talks about putting on the full armor of God. And, you know, Paul encourages us to, you know, that when we've done everything that we can do 
to stand, continue to stand. You know, um, there's another scripture that says that uh, don't be weary in doing good things. Right. So when, when you're doing whatever it is that God has called you to do, just stand on his word and continue to be faithful to what he's given you. Because when you when you endure the hardships, your harvest is going to be more plentiful because you proved yourself that, you know, it, it wasn't just about the plenty that you were concerned about. You were faithful even in drought, you know, like Joseph was in Egypt. You know, God gave him a vision that, hey, there's going to be seven years of, of plenty. There's going to be seven years of famine. But you can make it through the famine if you prepare and you stay diligent with what it was that was given you when you had much. So in that situation, that example, hey, 5000 the first week, 45 the second week, 25 the third week, $35 that fourth week. Hey, you had plenty that first few weeks that you were in business. Did you squander it all away? Or did you put some money aside to make sure that your operations can keep going, even though you're not bringing in the, the finances that you need? Because you might not know that there may be, it may be a $10,000 sales week coming right around, you know, a week or two from now. But you just got to be faithful and continue to grind, continue to plant, continue to, you know, like like a farmer. Anytime you put that seed in the ground, you got to do a lot of work just to get the plant to grow. It ain't it's not just going to grow by itself. You got to nurture it. So continue to nurture that thing. Continue to have faith and believe God and continue to call him out on his promises concerning you. Speak the word to God, his own word concerning his, his promises for you. If he said that he's going to do it, he's faithful to do it. God is faithful like the sunrise. So he's going to come through. Cortez, what, what were you about to say? Um, I'm just saying that um, I, I definitely agree with everything that's been stated on, on tonight about um, how, um, you know, you ultimately need, need God for all of it. But then after you acknowledge him in, in all your ways, and then he promised what Paul said in uh, Philippians that he's going to direct your path, it will definitely um, allow you to um, get, get the strength, get direction and instructions, which it will encourage you when you do have those hiccups or it doesn't look like everything that you get up front. Um, I can say that from my own experience. I remember um, back in 2013, very quickly, um, he was telling me to open my barbershop. And I was hoping to have uh, maybe one or two, three different um, stylists and a few barbers looking to open it up. It was my ideal way because I waited so long to do it. And I talked myself out of um, stepping out there. And I had to face the entire time and the skill set. But within the first five months, it was just me. Um, I had one lady, but she couldn't do it without having a surgery, and she had a hip uh, replacement to be that, and and just could not do it. So I'm just like, oh God, are you sure? So of course doubt kicked in. Of course, it made me have to borrow money to keep the um, the rent open. I could sustain it, and before I knew it, God was like, all right, you know. So He has this way to strengthen you and teach you something in the journey while you um, exercise your faith because you did jump out there. So. Um, I like what Kenneth said, and I even like what you said. God has a responsibility to do what his plan was, was uh, intended to do in the first place. So it's his vision. He provides that makes provision. We just participate with the faith that he already gave us. So he can brag about who uh, that he is working in the field because the laborers are really few, but the harvest is plenty. And then all he has for us to do is say, hey, if you could just give you the glory back and give you the praise about I couldn't have done this without God. It would keep people, it would lead so feedback to get them back into alignment. But what we need to do is witness this in the earth as it is already in the heaven. I agree. 
I think when it comes to dealing with those frustrations and not giving up, it's literally trusting in God that he will complete that which he has started. It's easy to say, and it's harder to go through, and it's harder to deal with that feeling every single day you get up, and if it feels like you're not doing what you saw in the vision. And I've been there myself, and I can tell you back in the day, I opened up the studio uh, in Noonan, actually, and with a partner, and it didn't do well at all. But kept coming in, kept working on music, um, kept honing in on certain gifts and certain talents, and we ended up closing the studio. What I learned out of that was I can still pick up on music. I know how to run a business. I never had to submit to the thought that I failed. It felt like I failed, but that was not the reality. I was I was a success because of what I learned. And I'll tell that to anybody, even in the face of defeat, even if it looks like you're not winning, you have already won. The fact that God gave it to you, he'll see you through. So as we close this faith part out, you guys keep working. He'll see you through. Thanks for listening to the Tabor and Bethel podcast. Be sure to visit us on Instagram at Tabor and Bethel and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And don't forget to give us a review. We will see you at the next episode.